This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim, do you ever bring your dogs to the dog park? I think I've done it once. The off-leash park? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. you know, where you can go and let your dogs run free, interact yeah. with the other dogs. I did it once. It was too stress- stressful. Why was it stressful? Because I have, I have two dogs. I was there by myself, and they both run in opposite directions. <laughs> and then they're, like, sniffing other dogs, and my younger dog is, like, excited, and she's kind of trying to play with other dogs. Or their owners are giving you the stink eye if they're too aggressive or too friendly. Not that they would be aggressive in a fighting way, but just like jumping on the dog. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, it's just, it's too much. Do your dogs bark? No, not really. They will if they're like on, on a leash in the backyard and another dog is barking next door or in the neighborhood, they will, but that's usually it. What do you think of this? There's a dog park in Montreal that has banned barking. <laughs> <laughs> are we doing people uh, it's forbidden to let your dog bark whine or howl you could face fines between $370 and $1,475 wait is it because they're barking in English and not French <laughs> if your dog is going to bark they have to do it in French louder yeah 30% is louder in and English. English quietly Le woof, le woof, <laughs> le woof. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So the sign went up. Dog owners are a little confused. They're like, "What is going on here?" Here's a news story talking uh, people talking about how this new rule has taken a lot of the enjoyment out of bringing your dogs to the dog park. My first reaction was, "What?" <laughs> it's stressful. To be honest, always looking around to see if my dog is doing good, if she's not barking too much, and no, it, it's not fun anymore. It's kind of ironic to see a sign saying that we should prohibit our dogs from barking. It's their way of communicating with one another, and there are some instances where they're obviously going to bark. Yeah, it's so stupid. Yeah, it's dumb. I thought this sounded familiar, Taz, so I just Googled it. And the, um, Toronto, in March, their dog park, one of their dog parks, had a similar sign up there, too. And the people complained it was near an apartment complex. So this is a common thing that dog parks are trying to implement, but clearly they're not dog owners if they're putting a sign up like that. Yeah. It, it's uh, assumed that people were complaining. That's the reason this sign went up. Um, but it's one of those things, man. It's like, okay, if you live in a student area, you're going to be around students. If you live near a dog park, you're going to hear dogs. Yes. Or if you live near the Don Valley Parkway, you're going to hear some honks. You're going to hear cars. You can't just put a sign up saying no car noises, no honks. Sometimes you don't realize, uh, you know, the the downside of a neighborhood until you actually live there. Like I lived next to an arena and 90% of the time I loved my street. But then if a hockey game got out, there'd be lights shining in the front window of my house. Right? Yeah. But what I can't what am I going to complain? Put up a sign? No lights. No no headlights. Someone's going to drive into my living room. <laughs> oh great. Well, at least it's dark. But you know what I mean? Sometimes you don't realize the the downside of your chosen home until you already live there. But if there's a dog park next door, common yes. sense says you're going to hear dogs. Uh-huh. 100%. Now, I'd be very annoyed if you lived in an apartment complex and somebody just puts their dog out on the on the balcony, which ha- happens a lot, and he just barks, barks, barks. But again, that's not a dog park. That, that There are complaints to be made for loud dogs, but a- outside at the dog park is not one of them. 
The dog park is more stressful than it is fun. I agree. Well, maybe this is going to do exactly what the uh, complainers wanted, that if it's too stressful, go to the dog park. People will find alternatives. Um, Take them to the cat park. <laughs> no meowing. No meowing, no scratching, <laughs> no yawning and stretching. Lay meow. Talking about this dog park in Montreal that has banned barking. <laughs> So dumb. I'm sure the dogs understand. <laughs> Guys, you're going to have to keep it down. Do you mind? <laughs> Neighbors have been complaining about the loud barking. The neighbors who chose to live next to a dog park. Yeah. If you have something to say, write it down. <laughs> and we have a similar story from one of our Taz and Jim listeners. Yeah. Hey, similar story, Taz and Jim. Home runs have been banned in my slow pitch league this year because someone who bought a house behind the diamond threatened to sue the league about balls landing in their yard. That is a joke. How do you ban... Home runs. You just wait, get, wait, because you can ban home runs and slow pitch because there's a, usually can, a limit. In the parkers, you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're but, just not allowed to hit it over the fence, which a, is the whole point of being up to bat. Yeah, yeah. But some leagues that have a thing where only two guys can hit home runs, and then or two people can hit home runs, and then once they do, then you can't hit anymore over the fence or however that works. But when you, we've had this conversation before, Taz, where if you buy a house next to a golf course, you cannot get mad if people are hitting balls into your property. That is yes. what you signed up for. Yeah. I can't believe this league, though, went along with it and said, okay. Unless there is legal grounds to sue if somebody hits a ball in your backyard. I figure if a ball goes through your window, that's what you get. Standard sl- sandlot rules. It's a different story because there was an issue with a golf course that changed one of their holes. Like someone had built a that's house. That's different, yeah. And then they changed the, the, the course. So now people were hitting balls through the windows of the houses. That's an argument I can understand. Yeah, that's something. But if you buy a house, and when you buy the house, your fence is shared with the back fence of a softball diamond. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? I'm thinking you're living the dream. Anytime there's a game, you sit out on your patio with a Coors Light or whatever and your ball glove. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it comes over the fence. Well, it looks like one lucky fan has a souvenir. Oh! He do- dove out of his kayak, and he's swimming after it now in the pool. <laughs> in the pool. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Yeah, yeah. Free softballs for life. Yeah, you could resell them. Look at them. the positive. He could be like the guy who resells the golf balls in yeah. the egg cartons. <laughs> I, I asked him where this was, what city or town. He said, Belmont, Ontario. Hmm. Just a little south of the 401, 403 there. You know what? I just get a good lawyer. And I would let her rip. Dinger time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to sue me? I'll make it worth my while. First thing I got to do, learn how to hit a home run. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll get you. They're pretty safe if we're up at the plate. Yeah, I need the uh, motivation, and this guy's it. We were talking earlier about uh, neighbors complaining, living next to a dog park in Montreal, and now they've put up a sign saying dogs aren't allowed to bark in the dog park. Because of all the complaining neighbors. So we kind of got on that theme. And we got a text message here from one of our listeners. It says, Morning, guys. I currently work at an elementary school that's over 100 years old. And one neighbor keeps any ball that comes over his fence. He has even popped some balls in front of students 
and has threatened to throw balls in his backyard fire at times. What? He's popping the ball. <laughs> I picture a dodgeball going over the fence, and then he just picks out a jackknife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then throws it back <laughs> over the fence to play. The kids all start crying. <laughs> okay, you, I notice you have messaged this guy back. What is the name of the school? Are you going to go confront this guy? Yes, exactly. Or I'm going to get the PF flyers from the sandlot, jump over the fence, and retrieve all the balls as quickly as possible and bring That's them back. That's probably his issue. How mad can you be if there's balls in your yard? It's got to be people hopping his fence and coming into his yard to get them back. Yeah, but I mean, you take it is what it is. We were all kids once, and if the ball lands in the backyard, you throw it over when you see it and deal with it. <laughs> like I mean, it's to 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 take a knife. I don't know how he's deflating these balls, but to deflate the balls is next level. Make psycho. eye contact with the kids 100%. while you're doing it. I'm gonna throw it in my fire. <laughs> Watch your ball melt. What a psycho. <laughs> that is a, that's a scary human, that person right there, the person that would do that. It doesn't sound like they, uh, they are 100% happy. No. I mean, or they're very happy if they get off on doing stuff like this and terrifying people. We should just go get uh, like a case of tennis balls and chuck them all into the guy's backyard. Oh, you know what we should do? The automatic pitching machine. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> You know what else we should do? Great minds think alike. What? We get we get a ball, okay? Yeah. We get a ball. We yeah. fill it up with that blue dye that they put in the bank uh, robber's bag. Oh, a dye pad. A dye pad. <laughs> we put a dye. <laughs> so he stabs the ball. We don't know who the neighbor is, but we, he stabs the ball, tries to it get away. It explodes. He gets covered it, yeah. in paint. And we know exactly who it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We got uh, options. I'm, I'm in for either of those. I hope this but person. You're going to try and track this guy yes, down. We got to go say, "Hey, man." We relax. obviously this person's probably protective about the school and they don't want to get in trouble for telling tales out of school. But please respond to the text. We want to know. We won't say anybody texted us. We won't say what your position was at the school. But right. uh, we got to get to the bottom of this. Got to find the ball hater. Yeah. The Taz and Jim podcast. Jim, have you tried pickleball yet? I have not. I think no. We, I think we got to do it. I think so. Yes. It's all the craze. I'm not. A, I'm not much of a tennis guy either. But I do like ping pong. I haven't really played mm. much squash, but it's kind of a in the same vein of these racquetball sports. Yeah, it's like uh, tennis, half tennis, half ping pong is what I understand of giant novelty ball. ping pong paddles. <laughs> what it appears to be. Uh, apparently, uh, Bed Bath and Beyond shut down, eh? Yeah. Across the U.S. Mm-hmm. And apparently a lot of the old Bed Bath & Beyond buildings are being replaced by indoor pickleball courts. <laughs> you're just going to smell like vanilla when you're playing. <laughs> did, did Bed Bath & Beyond smell like vanilla? I don't know, like these novelty candles and soaps and yeah. stuff, you know? Uh, apparently pickleball is growing so fast it's outpacing the availability of outdoor courts in a lot of places. Um, so they've decided this is a great solution. They've already got the buildings. Throw some courts down. Yeah, but how long until that goes out of business, too? Because this has fad written all over it. I, I know a lot of people really enjoy it, but, I mean, are we to believe that this is going to be a permanent pickleball court inside the mall for an extended period of time? I don't see it. My stepdad, Alan, told me that down at in their community in, 
in Florida, they're putting in some pickleball courts. Perfect for a retirement age community, yeah. community, just like shuffleboard. They have the shuffleboard, and you know what? <laughs> That's a fun game. You don't see a lot of shuffleboard, outdoor shuffleboard courts. The odd campground, you might see yeah. them. Next to the, the horseshoes. Yeah, both great. <laughs> <laughs> but will pickleball but, stand the test of time? That's you know the 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 shuffleboard uh, analogy is a good one because there was a time when shuffleboard was the big craze and everyone yeah. uh, was like, oh, we should put in a shuffleboard court. And now, where's the state of shuffleboard? But I mean, even nobody talks about truly, it. Truly, and even lawn bowling is going that direction too. For a while, lawn bowling was the big deal. Was everywhere, and you'd think, oh, the boomers are retiring. Lawn bowling's going to be booming. No. They're shutting down all over the place. There's a a neighborhood. It's a pretty nice neighborhood, and a friend of mine lives in it. And on his street, there's five pickleball courts (laughs) in backyards that have been installed. What? I know. I'm like, guys. five years ago? Why why wouldn't one guy get a pickleball (laughs) court and everyone just uh, gives him money to maintain it or something? You know what I mean? Is this keeping up with the Joneses? I think so. Everyone needs a pickleball court in their backyard. (laughs) How often are they going to be used? I don't know, but there's going to be some neighborhood battles going on there. (laughs) We got to give it a try. Yes. I'll get us invited to the fancy neighborhood with all the pickleball courts, and we'll see uh, how we do. If we're ready. Peacock, Time for sports. Peacock, Devin Peacock is with peacock, us. Dev, John Morant is in a little more trouble. John Morant. I don't know what's going on with this guy, but... Um, NBA player. NBA player. Someone needs to sit down with him and have a serious talk. So the John Morant story is a couple of months ago, people may remember that he was suspended eight games by the NBA after there was a video on social media, Instagram Live to be exact, where he appeared to flash a gun and it didn't just appear, it was pretty much like it was a gun. He was in a strip club in Denver, I believe, and he was suspended as a result. He went away, got some therapy, supposedly, and then came back. Well, he has now been suspended once again by the NBA after once again there was a video on social media where he appeared to flash a gun. And therapy didn't take. Therapy did not take. And Imagine going to therapy to not bring a gun to a strip club. <laughs> what kind of therapy? What would they say to you? <laughs> this isn't even that. Was this in a strip club again? Or why is he posting, have a gun, use your gun responsibly? All you got to do to stay out of trouble is stop posting pictures of you and your gun. On Instagram. Specifically, he wasn't in a strip club. He was in the front seat of a vehicle <laughs> with another person. It's just a bad look. If two months ago you got suspended for doing something. <laughs> gun or no gun. Yeah, don't yeah. do it almost immediately. Right, right after you got upset in the playoffs where maturity was an issue for him, for Dylan Brooks, for the entire organization. The first time he got an eight-game NBA suspension, and it cost him about $669,000 in salary. Uh, This time, he... He's going to be punished again by the Grizzlies. Do you know what he's going to get? A pending league review, they're so, saying. So uh, ESPN is reporting he could be facing a lengthy sus- a suspension to start next season. So you could be looking at 10, 20 games. Longer I, than eight. Uh, longer than eight. So if you're talking a lengthy suspension, 
I mean, almost anything's on the table here. I mean, when you're thinking about the NBA, there was a time in the 90s where guys were getting in trouble a lot, and it was not a good look for advertisers. Allen Iverson style. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of problems. And so the NBA worked very hard to change the image of the league. And so to have one of your most prominent young stars like John Morant, he could be like the face of the league in a couple of years. I mean, he is just so talented. He's just so good. You cannot have the face of the league flashing guns every two months on social media. So they, they, I, I would, you could tell me he suspended 40 games next year. I wouldn't be surprised. Wow. He needs to do, I think he's addicted. <laughs> he's addicted to guns. They need to do what cigarette smokers do. He needs like a vape. So get him a Nerf gun, get him a paintball gun, let him get it out of his system. <laughs> yeah, you know can, what I mean? He can flash water guns sure. on social media. Maybe that'll, you know, it, it won't be as exhilarating for him, but it'll give him his fix. Yeah. His, his management should just have like, all, get him like an, an account where he's got all these fake followers where he can flash guns as much sure. as he wants. <laughs> no one's seeing them, but he's thinking everyone's just going out to the void. What a badass he is. <laughs> there we go. The Taz and Jim Podcast. Taz and Jim, Devin Peacock, our sports guy, still here. Guys, I, I just want to let you know I did everything I could to help you out on Friday. Jim and Dev, if you don't know, they're big Toronto Maple Leafs fans. And for all of Leaf Nation, I did what I could to harness the power of the Taz Jinx. Any team that I cheer for ends up losing. So I went, got behind the Florida Panthers. Jim, I bet $40 on Florida to win the uh, series. Thank you for sending me my money, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Friday night, I was with some buddies watching uh, the game at a, a bar, and I kept, like, doubling down. I was like, okay, well, I'll bet who wants to bet a beer? When, when the Leafs came back and tied it, I was like, all right, let's bet a beer. I'll, I'll take Florida, thinking that for sure. I said, you know what, guys? If there's a game Sunday night, all of us come back here, and I'll pick up the entire bill. How does that sound? And it didn't work. Hmm. Boy, you're probably pumped. <laughs> I was pretty excited. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that would have been $420. <laughs> it wouldn't have been cheap. <laughs> so, But I tried for you. Well, I appreciate it. You were in Toronto on the weekend, Dev? I was. What was the mood like in the city? Uh, well, I was pretty excited Friday night uh, around 7 o'clock. Uh, people were uh, pretty pumped. I mean, there was Jays, game, uh, Jays fans, Leaf fans everywhere. Traffic crazy. Traffic or? was disgusting. Yeah. Uh, I, I hated every minute of it. <laughs> it's too bad they, the Leafs didn't win because the Jays fans filtered out of uh, the Rogers Center before the game was over, and, and, the, and the Maple Leaf Square was packed beyond belief. Maple Leaf Square, you do you have to like you get tickets, like, uh, like online tickets. They're supposed to be free, but they, the tickets were so hot, some people were reselling the free online tickets so people could get into uh, Maple Leaf Square. There are also people just hanging outside the fences, yeah. too, looking over. What are the bathroom facilities like down there mm. in the square? Can't be great. Yeah. I think you just go down the drains, down the manholes. <laughs> I'd wear a, a diaper. I had this debate with people last week. If I ever go to something like that, I'm wearing an adult diaper. I would never go to something like that. I'm, I, I have no interest I either. I'm so far past that in my life. No. Just being a giant crowd like that, uncomfortable. Why wouldn't you rather sit at home or sit at a bar? The vibes, and watch bro. The, game? Okay. the bar would be a great Call vibe. me an old man. Yeah. Well, if you Call have... me an old man, but if I ever had to go, I'd be wearing a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you want to go to this party and just sit in your own pee the no, whole night? Seriously, if I had to go to Times Square on New Year's Eve, 
Steve, I'm wearing an adult, adult diaper. They work great. <laughs> How and, and do you know? The adult well, diaper technology were you not around? is fantastic. Were you not around when I peed like five times in an adult diaper live on the radio? Thankfully, was that no. before you? That was, yes. Yeah, we tested the adult diaper, and in one morning I peed like five times into the adult diaper, <laughs> dry as a bone. <laughs> what, what? Yeah. Like they, your seat was, but your body wasn't. Yes, it was. That's impossible. It it sounds like we gotta do another test. <laughs> <laughs> They're very absorbent. Anyways, that's not I will buy Jim and Edel type. And know. you know what? They've got some stylish cuts available now. If you're looking for <laughs> yeah, low cuts, <laughs> booty cuts, sport sport briefs. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't mind putting one on and driving up to the cottage on the long Jim, weekend. You know? I, that is gonna my my gift to you is yeah. I am bringing a pack of adult diapers to your bachelor party this weekend. <laughs> to beat the traffic Monday morning. Coming back from Bracebridge. And, you know, whatever. I'm sure we'll find a use for them. Oh, baby. We're going to conduct our test up there at I'm your bachelor not, yeah. party. I'll wear one all weekend. I don't care. <laughs> we're planning that anyway. I want to see your peacock. Your peacock. Your peacock. Your peacock. It's time for sports. Devin Peacock is our sports guy. He's here. He's a huge Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Did you see that they lost on Friday, Dev? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait a second. I went to bed. It was 2-2. I thought, and I thought it was where there was no game yesterday. Was that the worst officiated playoff game you have ever seen? I mean, you got to go back to the maybe the '90s. Kings Leafs uh, comes to mind. A good old Kerry Frazier is mm. uh, pretty bad. Certainly, it was a terribly officiated series. None, no, no words about that. I mean, it was absolutely terrible. The goal that got called back. Let's start there. So here's my take on the whole goal situation. Because the refs did not call it a goal on the ice, it's easy to call it not a goal. Had they called it a goal, then it would have stood. But in my opinion, it was not a goal based on the way the entire play transpired and the fact they didn't blow the whistle. So you can't tell when the play naturally came to an end. Like the referee coming onto the, uh, to the pipes and looking down kind of signaled the end of it, but it's hard to tell exactly. It did go over the line, but when did it go over the line in relation to everyone stopping the play? To me, it's crazy, and Elliot Friedman said this on Friday, that the NHL does not have the same technology as soccer or as tennis, where if it goes across the line, you know. Like, it's easy. Like, we're living in 2023 right now. Yeah. How do you not know this to a better degree than they did. I have that technology at home on my garage doors where if the garage door is coming down and you walk across the line, guess what happens? The garage door goes back Mm -hmm. up. I just Sensors. want, though, another job taken by AI, Dev. Yes, because the referees are terrible. To me, it's kind of crazy that they have this standard where if there's a call on the ice that's wrong... That you then have to have, you know, clear and indisputable evidence to overturn it, which to me is the wrong way to go about it. Because if the call is wrong, the call is wrong. But sometimes, as we saw on Friday, it's really close. And so that's why the original call matters so much, because the original call then colors the the, the replay. Mm-hmm. But if it's a goal, 
It's a goal. If it's not a goal, it's not a goal. There shouldn't be, you know, clear and indisputable evidence to overturn it. And it's not just the NHL that has that qualification. All the leagues have it. But it's stupid because it leads to situations like happened on Friday where in normal cases, I think that's a goal. But based on the way the things transpired, it's not a goal. Okay, what about the overtime game winner for Florida? Was there a penalty on that play? There should have been. Uh, like, Radko Gudis clearly holds the stick of the Leafs player seconds before the, the, the goal is scored. How is, that, how is that not a penalty? Like, the Florida Panthers had 11 penalties called against them in five games. They were the most penalized team in the regular season in the NHL, and they played extremely aggressively in the entire series. How... Do the Florida Panthers go from getting penalties left, right, and center to no penalties in the playoffs whatsoever? I can see you're getting a little worked up here, Gavin. Cool. <laughs> I guess the uh, I guess the silver lining is the Edmonton Oilers got eliminated last night too, because you made it very clear if the Leafs don't win the Stanley Cup, you do not want another Canadian team to win. Absolutely. If 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 really we, yes, I'm disappointed. Why? It's just the Cup's not coming to Canada. I mean, I guess it will if a player wins it on an American team and then brings it to his hometown, but I mean... Yeah, Vegas has, I think, the most Canadian players in the playoffs. It's not about the players, it's about the fans. I don't want any other fans to experience any joy if I can't experience joy. (laughs) Well, it doesn't seem like you're experiencing much joy today, Dev. Thanks for coming by. The Taz and Jim Podcast. How bad did you want a slingshot when you were a kid, Jim? Very badly. I had them. I had multiple slingshots. I had the classic red-handled Canadian Tire one with like the beige sling, and then it had the arm uh, support, the the arm brace. I had that one. Like the plastic handled one? Totally. Yep. Ergonomically designed, but we oh, also used so to make slick. them. We would go to the bush and with my dad when I was really young, and we would like cut a piece of a tree off and make them with an inner tube from a tire. That was my only option, making them, because I, I would repeatedly ask Mama Taz to buy me a slingshot, and she would repeat it, <laughs> repeatedly say, not a chance. She would take her slingshot and shoot a Ritalin <laughs> directly into your mouth, say, relax, the young old, Taz. It's time for the Ritalin slingshot. <laughs> Open wide, son. No! Ah. <laughs> Ow! Okay. She had to make sure that I swallowed those things. <laughs> it's the only way. <laughs> The Ritalin slingshot. (laughs) No, now I gotta read a book. (laughs) So focused. Um, Yeah, I wasn't allowed to have a slingshot, and and I I would make my own, but they never worked very well. (laughs) What'd you make them out of? A little stick. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stick ingredient number one Uh in the recipe, and then some sort of elastic. But I never used the tire inner tube. That's genius. The old bike, the bike one was kind of the perfect width. I wish I had thought of that. You know, Dennis the Menace. I wanted oh, to be yeah. Dennis the Menace with that thing hanging out of my back pocket of the overalls. He was so accurate, too. I wasn't. It was it's harder than it looks, <laughs> but Dennis the Menace was a shot. Yeah. Like if my uh, neighbor's big butt was in the air while they were doing some gardening, oh, I wanted to take a shot. It. Hey, Dad. Mr. Wilson! Doink! <laughs> <laughs> This is a crazy story, slingshot story. A teenager from Michigan saved his eight-year-old sister from a, an alleged kidnapper when he shot the assailant with his slingshot. Wow. The injury that the guy got from the slingshot 
ended up being how police were able to identify him. No way. So the guy got arrested, tried to abduct an eight-year-old, and a teenage brother comes to the rescue. Here is John Grimshaw, the Michigan State Police uh, representative, breaking down exactly what happened. The suspect had come through the woods and grabbed her, like, hand over the mouth, arm around the waist, and was attempting to pull her into the woods. I mean, he really is the one that I believe saved his sister's either life or from something seriously bad happening to her. You know, for a 14-year-old to see that and to pop into action that quickly is extraordinary. Kudos to that kid. Oh, yeah. Incredible. It's like David versus Goliath. He used a slingshot too, kind of. Yeah, scary, man. That's terrifying. I, I wish it had happened when I was a kid, though, because I had three sisters, and if I had the angle, hey, Mom, I need the slingshot to protect my sisters from a kidnapper, <laughs> maybe she would have bought me one. Mm-hmm. You never know. And <laughs> but I, probably not. <laughs> why stop there? Why not get little Taz a katana sword? <laughs> I want nunchucks, <laughs> I want a slingshot, and I want a Red Rider BB gun. Oh, yeah, the trifecta. <laughs> Our correspondent, Rick Lee, was outside Scotiabank Arena hanging out in Maple Leaf Square. and Obviously, there were some disappointed folks milling about. Well, we got next year. We'll win it next year. You know what I'm saying? We always, we always lose at the roundup, but we got it. At least we made the second round this time. So next year, we're going to win at Florida and Boston. You know what I'm saying? Let's go. <laughs> Let's go Maple Leafs. It's okay. They, they fought. They tried, but they tried their best. That's what matters. I don't know. They tried. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's refs, go, like, Blue Jays. <laughs> literally, it's the ref's fault. Like, that goal. Ref's fault, that first goal should have counted. That and, was ridiculous. And also, there were so many, so many calls that they sh- played shit on. Like, they're getting paid. Like, fuck Yeah, this. refs like, are paid. <laughs> refs are getting paid. Well, their salary, yes, <laughs> but... Uh, they're getting paid by someone, Jim. I, I don't know. It, it seems like it. There were some bad non-calls that game. I know there's uh, in the playoff mentality, uh, let the boys play, but there's a couple moments. Like, even the one where Mitch Marner got elbowed blatantly in the face in in the middle of the play, off the puck. Like, there was that play, there was the goodest play in overtime. Like, blatant interference, even live during the play itself. I just, I'm shocked that these calls weren't made. The Taz and Jim Podcast. What the heck is going on in Toronto? I know there's been some safety concerns. In the downtown core. <laughs> but this is next level. Man charged after allegedly using snake to attack victim on Toronto Street. What? It's a headline from a global news story. Snake? Uses snake to attack a victim Jeez. on a Toronto street. Uh, Jim, I'm going to give you a little little uh, quiz here. Okay. Multiple choice. You guess how the snake was used to attack a person. Uh, okay, okay. Was it A... The snake was thrown at the victim. Okay. Was it B, they got the snake to bite the victim? Or was it C, they used the snake like a whip and <laughs> swung it at the person? I hope not that one. I'm going to guess, now if it was me, 
I would do the snake, like throw the snake at the person, so it, like the snake flies through the air in like a straight line kind of thing, and then it latches onto them. Oh, you're and thinking wraps of a javelin them. throw? Ex- well, like kind of, but like <laughs> un- underhanded, like shoo. Yeah, like, yeah. And the yeah. snake lands on the person; they're freaked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. That would work, you'd think. Um, but I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Ah. The snake was used like a whip. That is crazy. Awful. <laughs> it's that crazy. Poor snake. Toronto police say the incident occurred last Wednesday um, in the Dundas Street West and Manning Avenue area. Um, reports of a man threatening people with a python huh. walking down the street holding a live snake, uh, swinging it and whipping it at the victim. Police Swinging say, it. <laughs> officers arrived at the scene quickly and the individual was arrested. Um, According to police, the snake was alive at the time of the incident, but has since died. That's poor snake. Not That snake did not choose to be used like a whip. Uh, you know what? I would prefer, though, if the crazy people on the street were swinging a snake around their head so I could avoid them. It's the guy wearing the big coat that sneaks up behind you <laughs> that I don't trust. This guy is loud and clear. Easier to identify. Yeah. So thank you for making yourself identifiable. By walking down the street with a giant python in the first place. Like, oh, when did a snake become a weapon? It was like a video game from the 90s. Truly. Double dragon, where you're just <laughs> walking around picking up random stuff off the ground yeah. and using it to, to attack people sure. with. Sure, random crowbar. <laughs> it disappears <laughs> after you hit a guy twice. You find a turkey under a garbage can and eat it. Suddenly you've got more health. <laughs> Full health. Back oh, to- nice. Another snake. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's actually, I think, a move out of the game Pitfall. You can swing from a snake on the vine. (laughs) Yeah, again, R.I.P. Snake. It has died, but uh, luckily police were able to apprehend the snake wielder. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.